1: Hello and welcome to episode number 91 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Before we go on with today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank all of you listeners listening to this podcast and all the other episodes Here, I am so grateful for you. I know that there are literally 10s of 1000s of podcasts out there in the world. And the fact that you are listening to this one does not go unnoticed. And I am just so so grateful for you. So if you've loved this episode or other episodes or if my podcast has helped you in any way, I would be so grateful if you just took a minute or two to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. More reviews and ratings on iTunes helps to get my podcast out into the world to more amazing women like yourself, who also just want to find real love and authentic connection in our swipe right, swipe left world. So to leave a rating or review, all you have to do is to search Love Life Connection on iTunes, and then tap the podcast, and then tap the reviews tab. And then from there, you can leave a rating. And then if you have another 30 seconds, 60 seconds, you can also leave a review. I would be so, so grateful for that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart in advance. All right. So it is October now. And for all of my Northern Hemisphere listeners, I really hope that you are enjoying fall. I love, Love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. I don't care if it's cliche. I love the pumpkin spice everything. I don't drink coffee, but I do drink the pumpkin spice chai at Starbucks, which was amazing. I love soups and warm cuddly socks and sweatpants and just crisp mornings and evenings and oh i just i just love everything and in fact when we used to live in Dallas i was so resentful that we hardly got a fall because it would pretty much be really hot until early november or so and then it would just kind of turn kind of cold, but not really. We basically didn't really have much of a fall in Dallas. And I would just be so angry. It's like, oh, it's my favorite time of year. So I would actually turn the AC up really high in our apartment so that I could eat soup and drink warm drinks and wear sweatpants and get, you know, warm and cozy under the blanket and read a good book or watch a good movie. And I'm super ashamed to admit this because of well, you know, things like climate change. But luckily, I live in a new place now here in Denver, Colorado, and there is fall here. So I am just soaking it up. And the reason why I am telling you this is because for me, I am someone where I'm always looking for, you know, a way to achieve more or to strive more or to do more just it's all about more, more, more. And I've definitely have struggled with it my whole life. And it's still always probably going to be a thing for me. Like, can I just be happy and present with where I am, even if I have goals that I haven't achieved? And so for me, just being really appreciative of this season and really savoring the moments and the flavors and the food and everything that goes into the season really brings me a lot of joy. And I really do think it's one of uh, the big reasons why I'm so much happier this time of year than other times of year is just because I love the little things. And so for me, I'm trying to find the little things about every season that can um, bring about this type of joy that I, that I'm feeling right now. And I encourage you to do so um, as well, especially if you're the type where you're like a perfectionist, go getter and always are looking for the next big thing. Just, just, Literally take a moment and act like my dog and sniff the flowers. All right, so on to today's episode. I am so grateful for my friend Dagmar and the work she does in the world. It's so, so important. You're going to learn more about her. I'm going to bring her on in just a few minutes. But Dagmar is a sexuality expert who helps women live better in their own bodies, And my goal with this interview was to ask her the questions that maybe some of us are too embarrassed to ask. You don't even want to Google it in case somebody else uses your phone or your computer and sees your search history. So that is my goal with this interview. And I think her interview, I've I've done a couple of other episodes on sexuality and relationships and sex and things like that. But this episode, I think, is super powerful because we talk a lot about this concept of, you know, we just think that men have the power when it comes to dating and relationships and sex. And even if we don't think that, we're like, no way, I don't think that. Like, if that's what your mind is thinking right now, I think a lot of times we still subconsciously act that same way. So, as you listen in, I want you to consider do you have a sexual trauma or some shame about, around sex, and it's preventing you from being intimate with someone, whether again emotionally or physically? Do you come from a family that believed sex was dirty or that believed in abstinence and now you're not sure where you stand and you have trouble then connecting with yourself sexually and with others sexually? Do you believe that men hold the power when it comes to relationship and sex? Another way to ask this is do you believe that if you're a sexual person and enjoy sex and you're single, You're just either out of luck and or at the mercy of the men that you date. And finally, do you have a sexual self-care practice? And it is what you think, but it's also not what you think. So keep these questions in mind as you listen into my conversation with Dagmar. All right, welcome to the show today, everyone. And I have got Dagmar Khan with us. So welcome to the Love Life Connection, Dagmar. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing very well, Veronica. Thank you so much for having me uh, on this really, really special platform. I love the work that you're doing, and really this like beautiful environment you're creating for women who want to date consciously. So I'm really, really excited to be chiming in today,
1: and um, yeah, talking to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I I means the world to me. So and I'm just so excited to to have you here as well. So I know you but how about you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do in the world?
0: Sure. I'm a woman sexuality expert and pelvic floor rehabilitation specialist. And uh, I help women with everything related from the belly button all the way down to the pussy. <laughs> so everything related to sexuality, reproductive health, pelvic health is uh, where my area of focus is. And um unfortunately, uh, there is um, you know a lot of lot of suffering that is happening in this area because we live in culture and society where we are taught from a very, very young age to disconnect from this part of ourselves, to feel ashamed around our desires. Uh, oftentimes when girls get uh, that first menstrual cycle that is like this idea, now you're cursed and now you need to be like really, really protective of yourself because you'll get pregnant. And this kind of conditioning and like really disempowerment is... Um, really stepping with us into, you know, era of dating, women going through pregnancies, uh, new mothers, through menopause, I mean, all the way until the old age. So uh, I'm here to really debunk some myths and mm-hmm. um, also uh, show your listeners or uh, uh, help your listeners to understand how they can use intentional self-pleasure to uh, really connect to something meaningful as it relates to dating.
1: Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so lots to unpack there. And I hope <laughs> my listeners are super excited for this topic. So they're like, oh, hasn't done a show about this yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm <just> so excited <laughs> to, to have you. Um, okay, I know we're going to definitely get to self pleasure. But I want to talk a little bit first about just what are some of the myths out there? Cause maybe some people believe some of these myths and don't realize that they're myths that are listening.
0: Myths um, related to sexuality. Yeah. Sexuality, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. So definitely when it comes to woman sexuality, I want to start by saying that for a long time, I did not even understand what this sexuality is. Like I would hear the words like sexuality. What, what is that supposed to mean? And For extremely long time, my only representation of understanding sexuality was like, you know, it's kind of a thing you do with the men when you are excited, and that's where it starts and that's where it ends. But um, the truth is that all of us, when we are born and literally as small babies, we are gifted with like this thriving. Vibrant and healthy sexuality uh, in my latest research. I came across the idea that like babies they masturbate in utero uh, Right now I'm 31 weeks pregnant. So uh, it's very relevant for me to have this level of information that my baby is you know self-pleasuring itself <laughs> inside of my uterus which is <laughs> pretty pretty interesting But almost everyone loses like this connection to themselves this relationship themselves through conditioning, through, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 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 parenting, and we're like really living in this environment where, uh, especially as women, we are taught to be so disconnected or so ashamed of something so beautiful and something so, so natural. So what oftentimes happens uh, for young girls when they really start to explore their body and um, their desires and their arousal, kind of that young teenagehood, uh, it's not uncommon that they are being called by, let's say, their mother or their aunt, and that is this like terror that's being uh, uh, put up to them about what the hell are they doing or how who they think they are. They can't be doing this. There's just so much shame that's imprinted about something so natural and so um, so really beautiful, and. It's often in those like really early messages that the brain and the nervous system decides that, hey, you know, my desire and my sexuality or my way of being inside of my body is something that I should be uh, scared of. I should be ashamed of and I really should not go there. And uh, these very experiences create like patterns inside of sexuality and nervous system that have a huge impact of how woman experiences her pleasure, how woman connects herself to, to herself, to her sensuality, to her femininity, to her way of being in this world, and um, it's definitely affecting how she relates to herself in the in the dating world.
1: Mm yeah I never thought of it like that, but it makes total sense, right? Like when you have shame around your sexuality and you just disconnect from that part of you, it's still a part of you right and so why how how would it not you know affect how you relate to yourself as a whole and then show up relating to other people, whether it's I mean just friendships or even you know obviously relationships in this context it's um yeah that's that's really interesting um I never again put those few pieces together. Um, Okay, so then we have a lot of shame around our sexuality and it's been conditioned. Um, So how do we get over that shame? That's really, really beautiful and meaningful
0: question. Um, So I'm a huge believer in um, building regular sexual self-care practices. So self-care is now extremely trendy world, uh, trendy word. And self-care when it comes to nutrition, self-care when it comes to movement, self-care when it comes to, um, you know, balancing your nervous system and taking taking the edge off. Uh, but we're really at the forefront in um, right now in our society where there is a lot of interest and a lot of like this emerging field on understanding how and how to use self-pleasure or sexual self-care practices to actually overcome some of these patterns of shame or disconnection that uh, might be really causing a lot of uh, dissociation or even pain and numbness when it comes to mm-hmm. sexuality. So, um, w- going specifically into, in, into the shame, uh, what's really, really helpful for women when she dives into self-pleasure is to create like a container, create, like an intention about self-pleasuring. So for a lot of women, the idea of like you know, masturbating or touching themselves. It's so deeply connected with, you know, I feel kind of tense up in my body. So let's just pull up the vibrator and, you know, let's get over this tension. And in 5, 10 minutes, everything sort of, you know, starts, peaks, and ends very, very fast. But there are very specific tools. Uh, I call them, I refer to them as like four tools of holistic sexuality, which is breath, movement, sound and focus, they're specifically designed for reviving sexual, uh, sexuality and sexual experiences. So when it comes to shame, woman can really beautifully, for instance, use the focus on helping her to sort of strip down the patterns of shame or strip down the patterns of disconnection and actually connect to what feels beautiful in her body. What feels pl- pleasurable in her body? How does she feel inside of her vagina? How does she feel inside her cervix and G-spot? And use that in a really, really meaningful way to uh, create a, a fast track into sexual healing.
1: Mm-hmm. And how does that um, help your sexual relationships with, with men?
0: Oh, I love this question. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, for generations, we have been taught as women that the only sort of connection to sex is via yeah, our men. Uh, it's only uh, like really back in the 50s, the idea was you know, you marry one man, and that's kind of your sexual partner for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's only now that we are emerging out of this and we have so much more freedom of choices when it comes to our partners, when it comes to our relationship, when it comes to our sexuality. So sadly, a lot of women give their power away by thinking that all of my pleasure and all of my, uh, you know, sexual experiences can only come from being with a man Mm -hmm. and that is very, very disempowering because what it does when a woman goes out, she's dating, she's meeting men, she's flirting, uh, she is sort of giving the, the man all the power about how he makes her feel sexually and what kind of turn on and pleasure she experiences if she's someone who is fully responsible for her self-pleasure, for connecting to herself, for filling her body with pleasure, for, uh, you know, fulfilling her desires, uh, it's not only she is freaking magnetic. I mean, she is like radiating with, with beauty and with, um, with like very balanced sexual charge. But when she goes out and she's meeting men, she's doing it from a really balanced place. And instead of uh, sort of um, uh, portraying an energy where it's like, I am dependent on you to take care of me sexually, it's like, if it happens that we hang out, okay, awesome. If it doesn't happen, I have my own tools
1: of arsenal and
0: (laughs) I'm going to look after myself and feel freaking awesome.
1: I think that's so important. And I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Because so often I hear my clients say, um, you know, I'm just a really sexual person, Veronica. And, you know, they can't, they're not in a relationship. And they don't necessarily just want to go out and have like a bunch of one night stands. I mean, some people do. And that's, and that's fine. Everyone has their own choices. Um, But yeah, it was, it's it's hard, because that's just such an disempowering, disempowering way to look at it. And that like, you can't, be pleased. You can't have an orgasm without a man, and so then, yeah, I mean, it just makes so much sense. Like, then why wouldn't you, like, automatically have this power imbalance between you and the person that you're out with or on a date with? Because you want to have sex, and you don't even care about, or you don't even know how you feel about this person, but you just know that you have this, you know, you have this desire. Um, but it's so much more empowering to be able to do that yourself, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I am not in dating world. I'm happily married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 12 years with Man of My Dreams. Uh, but i mean speaking from my personal experience i used to give so much of my power away when mm-hmm. it comes to sexuality so it doesn't just happen in dating well it also happens in like really beautiful relationships and uh, often in the past if my husband wouldn't meet me sexually where my desire were i used to get angry. I used to get upset. I used to get disconnected and was not really, I started to understand this dynamics and this little like liberation that comes from uh, meeting my sexual needs personally without, you know, being dependent on someone that created such a huge shift in our dynamics, such a huge shift in how we relate to one another and it literally removed all the friction. So, for a woman who is like, maybe, you know, having a hot date on Saturday night, if she can self-pleasure before that, I think it's going to, she's going to have pretty
1: phenomenal experience. Yeah, that's, that could be something I could add to my pre-date ritual that I teach my clients, Um then I'll send them to this podcast. Okay, but what if someone um, um listening doesn't really have a self-pleasure practice, or maybe like have tried masturbating, but just feel a lot of shame or like awkwardness? Like how can you, how can they get started and feel more comfortable doing it?
0: Yeah. So the idea of self-pleasure is again, not necessarily just, you know, pull out a vibrator and climax in the next five minutes. Uh, Self-pleasure practice, really meaningful self-pleasure practice can be completely uh, standalone practice without climaxing, without orgasming, little like connecting to your sexuality and connecting to your sense of pleasure. So one of the tools I really love is a or yoni AC,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is basically a high quality egg uh, made from nephrite stone that woman can really meaningfully insert inside of her vagina. And what it does, it obviously helps her to get really sensitive on the inside of her vagina, uh, which liberates uh, pleasure circuits. But because the vagina is filled like with really, really powerful nerves, like the vagus nerve, the prudental nerve, the pelvic nerve, uh, it actually creates like a seam system from her vagina into her brain, so it uh, offers a doorway to reviving uh, like her sense of being in her body. And when it comes uh, when it comes to using a JDAC, uh is something woman can do like really comfortably just lying in the bed in total safety of her bedroom or total safety of her home. No one needs to know about it and she can literally insert a JDAC and do let's say like a deep breath work and a basic uh, pelvic floor contractions and releases contraction releases, and even think like a ten minute JDAC practice can be so so meaningful uh, for helping her to feel a greater sense of pleasure and connection and and sensitivity to herself and to her body.
1: Hmm so so you're saying then it's not necessarily about making yourself have an orgasm, but it could be, I get. I'm assuming. Um, okay I've never used a yoni egg. So I knew like what if someone were to use a yoni egg, like what, what is it supposed to f- to feel like, what should they expect? Ah, oh, great
0: question. So, um, oftentimes I say to my students and clients who never had JDAG inside of themselves, uh, to kind of give them some representation. It's like, a, a penetration from men that, uh, Uh, a man's penis that's like a perfect size for you so it's not overwhelmingly big and it's you're making you uncomfortable it's like a perfect size for you Mm -hmm. and it feels like just like snuggling in like really really beautiful fit Mm. so there is no pressure there is no discomfort it's just like ah it feels beautiful uh, the egg is obviously significantly smaller than a man's penis. <laughs> There's no escaping <laughs> from that. Height-wise,ly uh, is almost like a tampon, and uh, width-wise,ly is like um, um, half half of an average egg. But um, mm-hmm. it, it fits really, really beautifully. And uh, uh, the interesting thing is that when woman is starting with JDAC, she does not usually is able to sense the JDAG right from the get-go. There is sort of a, a time or it's like a practice that needs to be developed for her to like experience and develop the sensitivity around feeling the JDAG. But once she gets there, whether it takes, you know, two weeks or it takes two months or it takes, I don't know, six months, um, uh, that that sensitivity does not go away. And it's extremely, extremely liberating to enhance her sensitivity in her vagina and in her cervix and in her G-spot. It There is a powerful book from Naomi Wolf uh, Mm -hmm. called uh, Vagina. And uh, Naomi Wolf actually, uh, she presents um, sort of a research where she says that um, when women lives inside of her vagina. Like she has that greater sense of awareness and sensitivity. Uh, she is releasing more dopamine literally in her, in her nervous system, which allows her to feel more confidence, more courage and a greater sense of connection to herself. So it's awesomely powerful.
1: That's amazing. I love that. Um Switching gears a little bit, and maybe this does relate to self-pleasure as well, but I know a lot of women don't orgasm during sex or at least just from vaginal intercourse. So what are some things they can do on their own to maybe be able to orgasm from vaginal sex or things that they can do with their partner to have an orgasm?
0: Okay, sure. Um uh, so when it comes to like different way of orgasming that it's definitely clitoral orgasm is significantly easier for women than like cervical orgasm or G-spot orgasm and uh the most important component for women to be able to orgasm with her partner is an absolute feelings of safety like Woman has to be able to feel completely safe in her man's presence, whether that's a one night stand or it's a man she has been sharing her life with for the last 20 years. No. Um, and that is really deeply biological, biologically driven um, as woman enters the place of orgasm, which is almost like this deep sense of mind shift where she's surrendering all parts of her brain, all parts of her body. She's literally like melting inside of herself. She, The like, deep parts of her brain have to have a trust that man is going to be there for her, totally present and absolutely holding her. And if uh, the deep parts of her brain don't believe that, Uh, They will go in a protection mechanisms that will literally prevent her to experience uh, orgasm from from intercourse. So when it comes to, you know, self-pleasuring her way, like training her way to be able to experience that, uh, what I usually hear from women is like uh, orgasm from intercourse, as it relates to one night stand, is just freaking not happening for me. Because there is no safety. There is no uh, deep bonding or or intimacy. It's usually only an opportunity in, like, long-term, loving, deeply connected relationships. And even for that, oftentimes a lot of training has to take place where maybe when she's using the JDAC or maybe when she's, like, Touching herself with a lot of pleasure and a lot of uh, uh, connection to her skin, she is uh, uh, bringing messages of safety into her nervous system, so she can trust, she can surrender, and she can like fully drop into her body when um, she desires to experience orgasm with her partner.
1: Hmm. And that's so. So, are you saying then? Not being able to have or difficulty having a vaginal orgasm is just related to really just feelings whether or not we feel safe with our partner. The safety is definitely the biggest component hmm. yeah, hmm.
0: there would be other parts as well, like actually developing the sensitivity in the cervix, hmm. feeling pleasure hard mm-hmm. pleasure into the cervix um. Mm-hmm most women need a very sort of slow and deep focus penetration from their men. So uh men's penis is like literally uh, touching and releasing cervix in a really, really focused way. So there are other pieces mm. that need to take mm-hmm. place. Definitely the feelings of safety is the number one
1: driver. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um,
0: we are hardwired for safety, Veronica.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been thinking a lot about fear lately. And um, yeah, I listen to an interesting podcast and a lot of my clients have different kinds of fear. So yeah, I've been, I've just been, and it's just, it's like showing up here too. Like I can, you know, so it just, it's all coming full circle. So I, I love this conversation. Um, okay. So another thing that I know that you help your clients with, and I just want to, I don't know, I guess it's kind of sw- totally switching gears, um, is talk about sexual pain and numbness. Um, so you can talk a little bit about why pain happens during intercourse and what we can do.
0: Sure. So some of the pieces we've touched on, obviously conditioning can be big, big, big part. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the other huge thing that we haven't spoken about is Just a bad sexual experience in the past, things Mm -hmm. like rape, things like incest, things like, you know, having maybe a rough sex with uh, a boyfriend or partner in the past or even like one night stand that, uh, you know, maybe have like specifically create certain damage or micro tears in the vagina around the G-spot. Or have created like this shock in the nervous system that really needs to be uh, you know healed and integrated in order for the in order for the pleasure to arise again and um, you know remove the pathways to uh, feeling good around sexuality. So some of the holistic tools of sexuality that I have mentioned and actually deliberate sexual self-care practice can be also used very beautifully and very meaningfully in overcoming trauma, overcoming Mm -hmm. disconnection and overcoming sexual pain. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I get my clients to do who come to me with, let's say, sexual shutdown or sexual pain is uh, as they are touching themselves with like a lot of uh, a pleasure and a lot of sensitivity. Uh, we bring in there a component of movement and sound. So, very basic thing woman can do is, on inhale, she opens up her legs, um, so she can feel like a stretch in her inner thighs, mm-hmm. and on exhale, as she's bring her legs together, she's allowing the sensations from her body to be expelled through sound so it can be something like ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. and it sounds very simple but the sound sounds very simple sound okay <laughs> great coincidence <laughs> Uh, The sound is actually the liberator for like releasing uh, shocks in Mm -hmm. the nervous system and helping maybe the stuck energy or the painful energy to be moved through the body. And when she combines that with the movement, this is a doorway for uh, the, the sort of the shutdown in certain part of the nervous system to be moved and liberated and really take her from a place where she's sort of frozen in that shutdown or trauma. And the freeze doesn't necessarily have to be like all over the body. It can be a certain tiny part of the body to really taking her place to a place of liberation and freedom and allowing that stuck energy or that traumatized energy to be moved through the system. So one of the things that was very real inside of my body. I have been sexually abused for three years in my teenage years from 12 to 15. And uh, I did not fully like understand it on a body level what that sexual abuse has done. I could feel it, you know, a lot of friction in my mind and my emotions. But on body level, I didn't understand it. And for a very long time in my relationship, I did not like my husband to touch my breast. I did not like my husband to kiss my breast. It was anytime he would approach my breast, I'll just go in almost like armoring pattern and try to like, you know, mindfully move him away, mindfully so I don't hurt him, but I don't like make him freak out. It was so incredibly uncomfortable for me. And it was not until I started to understand the effect of trauma and how the trauma and the abuse got like really stuck in my breast tissue, and I begin to use the movement, the sound, and really start to fill my body with a lot of lot of pleasure. I begin to liberate that 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 like freeze pattern in my breast, mm-hmm. that protection mechanism in my breast, and actually started to open up my breast to uh, 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 being able to surrender to my husband and really, you know, actually experience pleasure and connection and deep intimacy in mm-hmm. in my breast and in my heart.
1: Mm-hmm. I lo- thank you for sharing that. I, I, I love that because, you know, a lot of the work that I do with my clients is around removing emotional trauma. And, um, you know, which is obviously important and necessary work. But sometimes we forget that the trauma lives in our body. And as women, depending what the trauma is, it can definitely also create sexual barriers. We talk about emotional barriers and blocks all the time, but, you know, the physical ones and the sexual ones definitely exist as well. So I'm so appreciative of you coming onto the show today to talk a little bit about that. Um, So for people listening, where can can they find you? Yeah, I would be glad
0: to. My website is dagmarhan.com, is D-A-G-M-A-R a h a n.com. Okay. Uh, I'm very active on social media. So people can find me on Facebook, which mm-hmm. is Dagmar Khan. Uh, same as my name, Instagram, Dagmar Khan. And um, yeah, on
1: YouTube. Dagmar Khan. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We'll put all of those links in the show notes for everyone as well as um, you mentioned two resources: the 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 Jade Egg and the um, book *Vagina* by Naomi Wolf. So all of those links. Oh, also, actually, I meant to ask you if you have a recommendation for an egg for someone to purchase. If you could send me a link, and I'll put that on the show notes as well, so people can um, make sure they're getting something good if they if they want to treat themselves. Um, and everyone, you can get those links at VeronicaGrant.com forward slash podcast. Just find this episode and it'll all be there um so dogma my last question for you is what is your favorite way to treat yourself
0: what a jade egg inside of my vagina
1: you want to try this you know you're you're yeah, not the first guest that's talked about this and i just i don't know i just haven't done it but it sounds really awesome and i think i'm going to try it yeah. although i cannot yeah. buy it from amazon on my father-in-law's account i'll have to <laughs> I'll just have to forego Amazon Prime and just buy it. on my Amazon account. <laughs> um, Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on to the show. And yeah, and thank you for your wisdom. I know this is going to be so helpful. And this is, I don't know, a taboo subject, an awkward subject for people to talk about. So I just appreciate your openness, because if we could just have more openness around, you know, this topic and conversation, then I think a lot of healing can can take place and a lot of things that we don't want to happen, you know, don't have to, to keep happening in our lives and other people's lives. So again, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken, you don't need to be fixed, and even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.